these are the people that will randomly ask you to join your Smite clan or whatever <laughs> it was that we had. Remember yep. we added some random dude yep. and just never played with him. No, never one. Not never. once. Not once, not never. Hello and welcome to another episode of Millenniotic, the podcast where a couple millennials talk about society, entertainment, and the logistics of life. I'm Jason. I am AJ. And if this is the first time you're catching our episode, welcome. If not, mm -hmm. we've had uh, 12 before. Mm -hmm. This is our 12th episode. Yes, it is. So if you've missed any of the previous episodes, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. We have all of these videos there, mm -hmm. as well as other clips. And follow us on our social medias, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Mm -hmm. And then you can listen to us as well on any of your favorite podcast applications i guess you would say they are yeah now itunes spotify yeah pretty yeah much. just all that general stuff they're right. applications now yeah <laughs> platform any of your favorite podcast platform mm -hmm. so today we're going to be talking about types of gamers and, types of gamers and i think a little bit yes. more specifically from what you were kind of telling me in like our little powwow beforehand like how do game developers like target their audience or more so research how that they goes design into, their game yeah right, right? so I'm going to go ahead and uh, defer to you and let you uh, start us off. Thanks, man. Yeah. So what we're going to be talking about today is the Bartle taxonomy mm -hmm. of player types. Mm. That's the official term of it. There's been scientific studies done by people. Well, taxonomy is a very scientific word. So <laughs> I, I had to actually go to Google and figure out how to pronounce that properly. <laughs> I was like, taxonomy? Like, I have no idea. Mm -hmm. So... Pretty much he breaks it up into four quadrants of players, mm -hmm. right? So I'm going to go through each of them, and we'll discuss games that I think fit in each of these player bases, I guess mm -hmm. you could say. Yeah, this yeah, was yeah. mostly based on MMORPGs for the yes, most part, okay, yeah, yeah. because I believe this was done during the WoW days and... Yeah. Before that, even when yeah. there were MMOs, so it's like research that they were doing to like kind of understand how like their community would be, right? And okay. like the type of things they needed to have for the game, mm -hmm. so that all of these player types could be interested in the mm -hmm. game, right? Mm -hmm. And it's gotten even more specific nowadays, where people are obviously making games f for the niches mm -hmm. for specific player yeah. types and that kind of thing. Yep. So the first type are called the achievers. Mm. So the achievers are more about going 100% completing a game mm -hmm. than actually getting um, like skillful in the game, I guess you could say. So it's more so about like, it's more so about the numbers. They're in it for the numbers game yeah. as opposed to like actually going for so competitive the, play. Their measuring stick is pretty much their amount of achievements they've gotten yes and to an extreme amount nowadays mm. is like cosmetic items inside of games oh right? yeah that's yeah. a popular one where if you do a certain mission x amount of times you can get specific yep things in games right when it, it's either you pay for it or you grind it out which is kind of really funny because that's like a very arbitrary like it, it's it's really an arbitrary way of measuring your success in a game because I feel like it's not hard for game developers to design a game for these kinds of people, you know? Like, 
I guess it's Expert. less about games themselves as yeah. it is like the game er. Yeah, that's right. True. Because this is a measuring stick to show how much you've achieved in gaming. So the example they gave mm. is for Xbox Live, you get a gamer score based on yeah. achievement. They give you points. Yeah. So the higher gamer score you have, it shows that you've done more things fully. Mm -hmm, I guess true. you could say, yeah. right? So that's how some people look at it. Mm -hmm. I've definitely 100%ed games before. Yes, I have, yeah. yeah. So I, I understand this player base <laughs> for sure. The the game I 100%ed was actually Assassin's Creed 1. Mm. Assassin's Creed 1, I went through and found all like the little things in the city where you had to like jump and parkour to each. Yeah, I think mine was probably Banjo-Kazooie. It was probably one of my okay. first to do. Yes. <laughs> just because like, those games were collect-a-thons. That's all they were. It, it was, You're yeah. just going around collecting things. I'm sure people things. who played Sonic and stuff like mm. that have 100% oh, games oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Yep. So they also break it down into the single player and how they react on like multiplayer mm. settings right okay. so for single player they're pretty much the 100 percent game completers like i said right mm -hmm. that's what their goal is and then for multiplayers it's really to show their elite status in the gaming community yeah, they're i guess to you could say right yeah. and what they're trying to do is gain praise mm. from a group that we're going to talk about later called the socializers, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So they're looking for praise. Mm. I'm thinking about all, what? all I can think of when you mention like praise or anything like that is um, back in the day with Halo 3, if you beat it, if you beat, oh my God, I said beat it. If, beat you, it. Beat, <laughs> if you beat Halo 3 on hardcore mode, you would get the samurai sword on your back. Yeah. That was ultimate status in Halo yeah. 3 was to have that samurai That's sword so on true. your back. <laughs> and, and in Halo 3 as well, yeah. it was unlocking all the armor pieces by yeah. doing random things yeah. inside of the campaign. Because they were single player objectives, right. but reflected in your online play exactly so you could just flex on everybody <laughs> that was the perfect example yeah. for this actually yeah that's Very all good. i can think of when you were Very talking good. about it. they said uh xbox live gamer score was a way to do this mm -hmm. i thought of it as another game that i'm more close to i guess you could say which is overwatch yep you can show your dominance and how much you've played the game by just the border around your name mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever you say your SR is and yeah, yeah, yep. if people actually care about that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. right? It's true. So that would be another example. And like I was 10th prestige in Call of Duty 4 mm -hmm. and that just showed I played the game like way too much, right? Yeah. That's all that is. It's funny how they've like evolved it from just like numbers to actual like items within games, you know what yeah. I mean? From like actual like customization and like ability to change your perception from other players you know what i mean but i would describe this group if i had to describe this group in one word mm. it'd probably be grinders oh yeah these are the people that grind games mm -hmm. into dust yeah right it's true so the second type mm -hmm. of game mm -hmm. gamer i guess you could say mm -hmm. the second quadrant mm -hmm. are called the explorers mm -hmm. so the explorers prefer to dig around and explore and immerse themselves inside of the virtual world yeah, find the game find itself. easter eggs right that's mm -hmm. another popular one they like to do they like to um 
find Easter eggs as well as glitches. Mm. And they don't like being timed. Mm. They don't like time missions. They like to do things at their own pace. Interesting. For me, the example of the game that these people would play mm. would be like a Fallout yeah, or Oblivion. Skyrim. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One of those games where you could just wander around and not even do the main objective mm -hmm. and yet immerse yourself inside of the game somehow. Which is why I find it funny how you mentioned how they don't like to be timed because when I hear explorers who like to find like those those little special like glitches or hacks or anything like that within a game i think of speedrunners because i remember back back <sighs> in the day skyrim had a very like huge blow up for speedrunners when people found out that you could use a bowl like holding on to a bowl with like you know like the mechanic how you basically levitate items in front of you if you held a bowl in front of your face and moved into a wall, basically you would cause like this glitch that literally lets you phase through the wall oh and the bowl would be God. left behind. <laughs> so that's why I think because like speedrunners, they're they're looking for those glitches. They're looking for whatever they can do yeah. to master their time. But it's I, I suppose when you label it as explorer, it is more so for those people who appreciate like the game mechanics a little bit more, or like the people who just want to see everything that those game developers can offer them. Yeah, they they push the limits of the game. Mm -hmm, they exactly. do. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily just Skyrim games. This could definitely mm -hmm. go into any other kind of online mm -hmm. multiplayer game where you immerse yourself inside the environment and you try to find these little mm -hmm. nooks and crannies to hide in going back, for stuff. Going back to Halo, I can think of rocket jumping. Yeah. To go outside of the map and stuff like that. <laughs> yep, stuff like that, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So when it comes to single players, right, mm -hmm. they don't really care about combat and leveling, mm -hmm. right? And that's mm -hmm. kind of what I said. They mm -hmm. Secondarily, they'll do it mm -hmm. as a part of the game that happens. In Skyrim, you complete side quests, you get XP, you're going to level up regardless, yeah. right? Yeah, it's true. It's just less than, like, the main objective, and yep. it's not... And it's more stagnated and you're yeah. not held down by one objective as long, right? Mm -hmm. So they like to enrich themselves in any of the backstory or lore of mm -hmm. uh, the the game virtual world, I guess you could say. So these are the people who read the Skyrim books. These are my kind of games. Right? <laughs> these are the people who read the in Skyrim yes. books. <laughs> There's so many. Right. And... Because they immerse themselves so much, they'll be able to recall fond experiences from it mm. because of the things they'll be able to discover they, then they can share. Mm. And they create stories that way. Yeah. When it comes to the multiplayer aspect, mm -hmm. they say they get bored with MMORPGs pretty quickly mm. because after the main content and you get to like that max level... Yeah. They're not grinders. These no. people are not the grinders. Yeah. They'll move on to another game yeah, and true. immerse themselves in another thing. Well, because that's the thing. MMOs have a whole lot of grinding in them. So, I mean, for those explorers to even be able to explore, they have to do some level of grinding in order to yeah. move on to the next phase or, like, next, like, in World of Warcraft, the next country or area, yeah, whatever area. it is. Yeah. yeah, for sure, because you know you you'd be super under leveled yeah, otherwise they have their level caps <laughs> right so they find it as like a chore mm. it's it's not fun for them and it's i true. totally understand that oh, yeah. too mm -hmm. absolutely mm -hmm. we definitely have a friend remy mm. he he's definitely <laughs> a, a, an explorer yeah, because he, he likes to like understand 
the the story behind a lot of the games mm. but he's all over the place with his games oh, I know, he'll true. play games for two weeks at a time and be yep. all over the place and be like hey have you played this game you played this game you should play this game yep he and could, he just, could he'll tell you play it again he could pretty much tell you all of witcher lore he could tell yeah, you all yeah. of War, uh, warcraft lore just because he's read all of the outside books yeah <laughs> and there's people uh mass effect yeah that's a popular one too with the, mm-hmm. the connecting story and it you know, it brings a lot of conversation online for sure mm-hmm. about that kind of game. Mm-hmm. So the next type mm-hmm. are the socializers. We mentioned them earlier. Yeah, I would of conversation online. <laughs> so I would classify these people as one word. It'd be casual. These mm. are the more casual gamers, mm. I would say. Mm-hmm. And the aspect of the, they're not looking to either improve. They're more looking for the social aspect of playing with people or there to make friends Mm -hmm. right so Mm -hmm. i know that uh, i don't like to play certain games by myself no that's true i like to play games with other people yep so there's only some games that i'll play by myself but there's only some games that i'll play with other people as Mm. well Mm -hmm. halo was a great game to be able to play by yourself and with people but i feel like social gamers like when i hear like that name i can think of like second life or uh, VR, okay, yeah, or yeah. VR chat, Second Life, <laughs> or Minecraft servers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, that's what I hear when. <laughs> I think Minecraft would be a very good example mm, of mm, that, where mm. people just kind of go into a random server just to see what people are doing. Yeah, exactly. See what's the haps. It's a great one. Yeah. For, it's a great game for those people who are explorers and socialites. Right. It exactly. seems like really <laughs> because it's Minecraft. They give you such basic. I guess like basic tools to work mm-hmm. with, but you can create so much yep. in that kind you of can, universe yeah. and yeah. you can push the boundaries of what the, the game engine will allow mm-hmm. for sure. So it's to those developers, they knew their target audience and they programmed it. Well, <laughs> exactly. I'm not much of a person for that game, but yeah, I I'm not a Minecraft kind of person, but yeah. when you break it down like this, you can understand that audience. Right. So these people rather interact with human people rather than AIs. Mm-hmm. But they don't mind figuring out interactions between interesting AIs in certain games, right? Mm. We all, I know in like Fallout 4, yeah. there was this beer bot that mm. you could actually just have as a follower. Yeah. And he would just give you free beer whenever you want. As long as you didn't turn in the quest, mm. you would be able to have him follow you around <laughs> awesome. wherever. So like that for me is an interesting AI just to have an interaction with that yep. isn't a person. Yep. So that's the kind of thing they're looking for. They're less about the actual game content themselves. Yeah. Or like kind of like an interesting quest tree or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And when it comes to single players with these, with these gamers, I guess you could say, Mm -hmm. right. They play more of the popular games Mm -hmm. so that they can engage whether it is in game or out of game with, people and talk about the game right so mm, got you they will play the games that are more up to date right mm-hmm. but they'll also play games that have some lore to them and be able to talk about it with the explorers for yeah. instance yeah. right so mass effect is an example that they brought up mm-hmm. as well as uh kotar mm-hmm. knights of the old republic yes right so it's it's kind of like you can go online not necessarily in game to discuss theories and stuff like that. And Fable that was is, another that one is they like, mentioned. That's probably a huge um, incentive to do, to play those games, is just to be able to theorize like the plot or specific characters or just kind of break down the games 
plot. <laughs> yeah, and just talk about like how certain characters interacted at some time based on lines they said. Like mm. they they'll they're just looking for a conversation with somebody, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and depending on which person they run into, which of these quadrants, mm-hmm. then that de- you know determines what their conversation that they're in. Mm-hmm. And for multiplayer's on this one, they like these are the people that like to. Uh, get involved with clans and guilds. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Right? Yep, yep. So these are the people that will randomly ask you to join your Smite clan or whatever <laughs> it was that we had. We, yep. Remember we added some random dude? Yep. And just never played with him. No, never one. Not never. once. Not once, not never. So that that's an example of a guy who's just looking to socialize probably and found our clan and just decided to join it because we didn't have any limits. But that's all right. <laughs> For me, I'm not really... I don't play the games to socialize with people, really. If I run into somebody that I click with, I'll, like, add them as a friend. But for the most part, my friends list in a lot of these games aren't massive. Yeah. But I I take a little bit of gripe just because I feel like more competitive games nowadays, especially stuff like Overwatch, should kind of more be encouraging for those social gamers or just to encourage their gamers to be a little bit more social. Simply because, like... They, they have tried. Yeah. Overwatch, and specifically, have tried to implement a way to kind of just blindly create groups that you could queue with. Yeah. They added a looking for group system. Yeah. It just wasn't used. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because it's... I, I don't know. There was something about, like, the old Halo 3 days of being online because you just always kind of wanted to have your mic on. Like, nowadays, everybody always has, like, their mic muted or they're not in team chat. Everything's which, private. Which yeah. yeah, everything's so private. And it's, I don't know, I just felt, like, more inclined. But maybe it's just because the player base wasn't nearly as toxic. But I think the social aspect of it is what encouraged it to be less toxic. Games were so much more simple back in the day. Yeah, they were. Where, for the most part, it was a matter of doing a certain thing before somebody else did. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you would lose, right? Mm, mm. So, for instance, in Halo, you would play Team SWAT, and you had to shoot people in the head before they shot you in the head. Yes, you did. So, it's one of those things where you can get better at it, mm-hmm. but it's a pr- that can be pretty toxic at the same time. Yes. It can definitely be a toxic environment with Halo, especially, mm. being the first game to introduce teabagging, right? That's yeah, really? true. Like, mainstream <laughs> teabagging. It's true. So, that... Like, Halo is a good example because everybody was playing the game because it was so much fun to play, mm-hmm. and it was it was easy enough for people to play, mm-hmm. and there was enough things to be able to do, mm-hmm. but there was also a toxic side to There Halo. was. There was. I'm not going to deny that there wasn't. And every scene kind of has their own toxic it's side. It's true. And it's a matter of what toxicity are you willing to put up with. But the issue is, is like, as as a community grows more toxic or grows more competitive the smaller your player base is going to be, the less inviting that game is to yeah. your like your target audience or you're trying to sell this game to people. You need to make like you need to make more money. These developers need more players in order to keep the game running, mm-hmm. to keep funding, to be able to keep updating. So yep. how are you going like competitive and toxic scenes is what's going to limit more new people to engage with this game. Right, so game developers in that aspect go free to play. Like mm. that's a that's a theor- that's, that's a thing people do. CS:GO did that because mm. it's an old enough game. Their player base got so small, they went free to play to try to build it up again. Yep. And I think that PUBG was discussing going free to play. Mm. Apex Legends is free to play. All mm. these 
you sensing a you yeah, sensing, sensing a theme a, here. Fortnite theme. is free to play. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So you can see like how the battle ro- battle royale genre really scooped up the free to play aspect mm-hmm. to try to m- make a more diverse player base because they can make it so big. Yep. And try to hide the amount of toxicity that way because the toxicity would only be at a certain level. Mm. And for the most part for these casual gamers, they're not going to have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And when it's a such a big player base because those interactions that would be toxic are so far and few between. Mm-hmm. Whereas in a competitive game with a smaller base, mm-hmm. you could be playing with the same people. Yep. Over and over again. I yeah, know you can. I know in um overwatching the high ranks mm-hmm. pretty much everybody knows everybody because there's really like a thousand to two thousand people yeah that are at that really high level yep. and they're only playing at specific times like certain groups are only playing at right so you know times. that this yeah. person plays at this time, time and this is yeah. the role they play and this yeah. is the character they You're play this is how they play that, that character yeah like that's how in-depth it kind of goes <laughs> it's crazy so the last one we have mm-hmm. and we didn't mention this type yet we kind of hinted at it a little bit in the last one with the yeah. toxicity yeah and it's called killers Mm. so these are the people who thrive on competition with other players Mm. for the most part they don't really care about the pve aspect of games Mm -hmm. they're all about pitting their skills against other real life people yeah and giving that as a measuring stick so in the competitive scene the ranking systems Mm -hmm. that's what's their measuring stick is oh i'm a you know grand champion in rocket league or you know, top 500 in Overwatch. Which, when you think about it, you shouldn't even be measuring by those standards. You should be measuring by your kill ca- or your KD. It's all about the KDA, <laughs> it's dude. All about it really the KDA, is. Dude. And that's what it is in Call of Duty for yeah. sure. Yeah. I remember my brother sabotaged my KDA on my account. And mm-hmm. I was very upset because I definitely wasn't a below one KDA mm-hmm. in Call of Duty. Because I was very aware of a. Um, of a glitch in uh, your favorite game, Smite. Smite. That uh, was in competitive duel, apparently. If you surrendered before five minutes, it didn't go against your MMR. Nothing was minus, literally <laughs> zero for both sides. And it was so bad because so everybody toxic. was doing it. And it's like people could just reach Grandmaster by just so, surrendering before five minutes. I'm going to join this game. Well. I'm going to yep. join this game, lose first fight, and leave. Yep, exactly That's what happened. That's terrible. Yeah, exactly. That's terrible. Yep. That's another reason I do not like yep. Smite. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome for that extra ammo. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a certain part of this quadrant mm. that they are the type mm. that are what we call in Overwatch Smurfs. Mm. These are the people who are a much higher rank. Yes creating a new account Mm -hmm. and playing at lower ranks Mm -hmm. and like just crapping on people at lower ranks because they're better than these people because they're not actually that rank. No, it's true. And that this is a big problem in competitive free to play games, Mm -hmm. right? Because they can make as many accounts as they want and just keep leveling it up. And while you're doing this, you're ruining Mm -hmm. the gaming experience for a lot of players along the way. And it kind of shuts them out of the game. Yes. Right? So that's why certain games like PUBG hasn't gone free to play. Overwatch isn't free to play yet. These type of games aren't doing that to try to snuff out the smurfing problem for Mm. the most part it's a toxic thing to do to any community whatsoever even if you're not saying anything inside of the game Mm. it's gonna be a toxic experience because all you're doing is getting crapped on and you're not being able to enjoy the game Mm -hmm. in some sort of way Mm -hmm. 
and Overwatch itself already has enough characters and strategies that are toxic in just the fact that they exist mm. with people like flaming you. Mm-hmm. It really shuts people away, which yeah, is does. the point you made, yeah. right? And I know MOBAs for the most part can be toxic because if you're not in the right place and you don't know what you're doing, mm-hmm. you can get flamed very easily and the game can snowball in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So it's hard to really put games into specific quadrants because every quadrant can have their own place in kind of every game. Yeah, it's true. It's a matter of just how they go into and how their mindset is inside of the game. Yeah. So Overwatch is a great example because mm-hmm. there's certain roles that you play. There's tank, damage, and support. Mm-hmm. So for the most part, you can figure out like the support people are there to most likely just try to keep your team up and have fun, play as a mm-hmm. team, right? Mm-hmm. DPS are looking to pop off. These are the killers. Yep. And the tanks are looking to guide the team to victory, mm-hmm. right? So that's what the achievers are. And mm-hmm. then you have the killers. Yep. And then... You know, supports for the most part are the ones talking in voice chat. Yeah. So they would be more of the social type. Yeah. But, and that's the thing. There was a really good uh, thing that I read about, like, how these quadrants kind of affect each other and kind of create, like, an ecosystem and how too many killers are going to kill your game. <laughs> yeah. Simply as that. They're going to kill your player base. Yep. But the thing is, everything kind of, like, evens themselves out. Like, more killers is going to influence either uh, more killers is going to influence more achievement hunters. Those people, it's going to make the achievement hunters try a little harder to kind of find like game breaking mechanics or anything like that. That's going to try to stop them and give them an advantage, right? More socialites are going to make more socialites. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, you have to find that balance between what your game is offering for all of these people, if you want to even offer it to all these right. people. Or what niche you want to go for, yeah, right? Because there are niches like competitive games, which are Call of Duty and Overwatch, that are specifically just going to be targeting killers. But the fact of the matter is, is like you need something else to be able to balance it out and create a bit more of a friendlier player base, whether it be through your game mechanics that make it a little bit more accessible for everybody to play, or kind of just silence out all of these extra players and you could do it by ip address like your ip address only allows you to make one account you know what i mean sms i feel like is the easiest way mm-hmm. for because yes people can change no. their ip addresses it's easy as that it's so easy for people to work around right and the sms thing too is there's apps or whatever you can just get free numbers. Yeah. So if yeah. you just need like a confirmation code on a free number, you just create a number on a random WhatsApp. app. Right. Yeah. Just start so, a new WhatsApp account. <laughs> or yeah. Just, so there's ways around it. So mm. until they figure out a way, mm. which I don't know if there really is. No, there really isn't. It, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to keep those people down. So you were talking to me before the show about how you had like an updated version of this yeah because this i would say is a little outdated because it doesn't necessarily include newer games and like how their communities are yeah so we're trying to compare them to popular games nowadays yeah but you you were telling me you kind of had an updated version by a a certain journalist yeah it's a gaming journalist named uh john radoff okay uh it was more so he had a problem with the fact that the the four quadrant system by Bartle, Bartle. His name yeah so 
it more so really was just applying for how MMO people, how MMOs could figure out which target audiences or how to apply or basically generalize types of gamers in order to appeal to all of them, all four of them in an MMO with like a PVP system, with their social systems, with everything like that. Right. Because at MMOs, they want to keep people playing for as long as possible and they want the biggest audience that they can get. And that's why so they, WoW, were kind of, they were trying to generalize. And that's why WoW is so successful because yeah, there's they the really arena. Did. They found a good balance. There's the raids mm -hmm. and then obviously the leveling system. The leveling system. And then the guilds are big. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot you can do and a lot of player bases they can appeal to. So you can play either with your friends or by yourself, right? Yep. So there's that's yep. it's a really good game and they have a really good system in place they to do. make money off of it yeah, for sure do. oh absolutely yeah. it's, it's blizzard's money printing machine next to overwatch but... Not, like overwatch league which recently started yeah is doing okay yeah but for the most part it's wow it is wow wow is mm -hmm. a lot of because they even had heroes of the storm pro leaks canceled so what radoff was trying to basically do with his four quadrant system was to kind of Break it down into online players and offline players. Like okay. Who's doing what? So very good. You know the four quadrant system. It's it's an x axis and a y axis. So his x axis in both directions are actually covering like games that have less players and games that have more players. So okay. At the very bottom of the less players, there's no online co op. There's nothing like that. It's just single single player campaign mode. And then the y axis covers qualitative and quantitative. So qualitative is just like what people are looking for quality in their game. Quantitative is the audience looking as far as numbers go. So on the very far side, you have immersion. Players who are looking for an immersive experience, which, gosh, that is just such like every gamer's favorite word when it comes to big open world immersing. games. How, how much does this game immerse me in it? Which is right. just... I, I, just I play have, the game, just man. Just play the game and enjoy it. But you, you get what I mean, where it's like less players, more quality. They're looking for a single-player campaign that really can like immerse them in like the story and all those things, which, when you think about it, is like, kind of like those explorers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then you break it down into the other one, less players, but more quantitative. Those are achievers, or achievements is what he calls it, which are your achievements. They're looking for those... Things that they can do to make it seem like they're better at this game and just like those little ways. Right. And then you got qualitative on the other sex, uh, spectrum, which is many players, which I love, which is cooperate, cooperation. Right. Players who are looking for those cooperative systems that like make you work together in different ways, which you break it down with Overwatch. You got your tank, you got your DPS. You need you to work as things. a team. Or even just a cooperative campaign. That's what people are looking for. In their multiplayer experience when it comes to quality. Halo, Gears mm -hmm. of War, yep. Army of Two was a game yep. for sure. Yep. So that's how I personally measure my multiplayer experience when it comes to quality is how cooperative is it? How well can this game make us work as a team? And then in the other spectrum, you got quantitative and many players is cooperative. I mean, right. not cooperative, competition. So you have competitive. your competitive gamers right. and everything like that. But yeah, that's how he kind of took this this system and kind of turned it around for to apply to not just on MMOs, but also for online players and offline players of all kind of likes. So that, that's interesting because it kind of does mesh all of these four quadrants, but it kind of 
gives it a more 3D approach yes, to it. Yes, it does. Right? Because that's pretty much what they're trying to do because mm-hmm. games nowadays aren't 2D for sure. No, they're not. <laughs> but when it comes to looking at them, you have to look at them in a three-dimensional way, not just mm. a two-dimensional mm. way. So that's where looking into each quadrant mm-hmm. and then breaking it down even further with the implicit and explicit kind of mm-hmm. the values that they get out of yeah, it. Exactly. Whether it's directly stated or indirectly stated, mm-hmm. right? So I yeah, I found stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. Where the killers, for instance, like they want to be good with a lot of rep, mm-hmm. but the implicit mm-hmm. is they could be bad with a lot of rep. Yeah. If exactly. they're toxic. So they, yeah. they could be a famous toxic person and they can be a famous good person. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the the checks and balances in each quadrant. Mm-hmm. And you definitely break it down nicely mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. So we we definitely talked about probably ninety percent of mm-hmm. the the gaming, the gaming community, the gaming community. For, for the most part. My thing is they don't really tell you much about how hardcore mm. or casual these people are, mm-hmm, right? True. There's not really a way to gauge it based in this quadrant. Mm. And yours gives it a little closer. A little bit. But it's not it's not 100%. there. There's also like those people who just like really like specific aesthetics. Like I'm one of those people who if you show me like an old eighties retro game, like that like a brand new game that has like eighties aesthetic feel, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna be buying that. <laughs> I love that sort of thing. Like the you have like specific types. Or you know, tryhards, those people who don't necessarily have skill, but they're so tenacious that they're just so sure of themselves that they're great at this game. And they're trying really hard. <laughs> and they're hard. trying they're really trying hard. They're trying really hard. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, there there's so many different names and so many different labels for all different types of gamers. But the, the, Bartle, yeah. for, the Bartle 4 Quadrant system is really, it's a company's broad generalization of their audience. So it's not necessarily perfect. But it's it, it's yeah. very good at their way of assessing how they want to market their game or right. who they're marketing to. So that was the in essence how game companies mm-hmm. look to either market their game to specific niches or ways they design their games mm-hmm. because they have this principle in essence in mind. Yeah. Of these type of people are going to be at this game and i wish there was more of a breakdown of percentage of mm-hmm. each of these quadrants if it if like the more competitive games nowadays are more popular even though it like for the most part it's largely casual yeah or are there more people just looking to do little single player games casually and just get it through at their own pace like Mm. i'm not quite sure which is more popular and i wish i could have found more information for this episode but i mean all the information i was finding if you guys really wanted us to talk about it was all those buzzfeed articles about their interpretation of different types of gamers and And that was kind of that that was kind of my problem too with a lot of the things that i was finding where it was just random websites that were just like Mm -hmm. Like, oh, yeah, this is this person. And yeah. they, they, for the most part, they stereotype a lot of things. Yeah, exactly. And this is more scientific. Mm-hmm. And then we're able to throw our opinions in. So that's yeah. kind of why I wanted to go for this kind of approach to mm-hmm. that. And I'm sure a lot of people already know which quadrant they fit they in. They fell, yeah. And depending on the game you play, you could be in a different quadrant as well. Mm-hmm. So that's 
the way this breaks it down yep. as a good way. We were kind of critiquing it a little bit, yeah. but for the most part, that's a very good way to break down the the gaming community, I guess you could and say. And kind of like a last like a last minute thought on my mind just okay. when you bring up uh, casual gamers. When when I hear casual gamer, it kind of upsets me because casual gamers when you think of them, you think of like those adults or parents playing Wii Sports or something like that or just like spades or whatever on their computers. When casual to me cuz I'm very casual gamer. I feel like ca- when you when I think of a casual gamer, what I feel like casual really kind of is just somebody who doesn't care that much about a game or just doesn't just wants to play or just wants to enjoy and relax and it, enjoy their gameplay. It's not necessarily right. that they're they're incapable of understanding like broader aspects of the game. It's just more so. It's just a game. At the end of the day, it's just a game. Why get yourself all worked up about it? Right, and it's some people like you said. Mm-hmm. You don't care about the result of the game. It was a matter of the experience yep. of going through the game and things yep. that happened. Don't get me wrong. I, I hate to lose, but <laughs> right. I mean, for the most part, I don't think anybody loves to lose. Yeah, yeah. But if you had fun in the game you were playing and you ended up not coming out on top, it's whatever, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. like, for me, I compare that to pick up basketball. Yep. Right. It's like true. sometimes you just get dealt the wrong team. Yep. And you guys just don't make any shots. Mm-hmm. But if you're having fun, yep. running around, yep. playing basketball, yep. then it's a win. And in I my feel opinion, like, I feel like maybe like more competitive games or like more of those Overwatches or anything like that could maybe try to make it so that their games you care a little less. Somehow they can make it so that you can care a little less about dying or losing or anything like that. Or just like try to bring down those killers. And I feel like, I don't know, there was Dark Souls to me when I ring, when I think about it, just because you die and you you immediately respawn not too far away, but your repercussion is that you've lost all your experience points and you have to somehow get that back. But I feel like I get less aggravated, even though it's such an incredibly hard game at Dark Souls than any other game I've ever played when Dark, it comes to dying. <laughs> right. Dark Souls is a very unique game yeah. in that kind of way where you're going to die in no going through it the first time. Yes, you are. Because you don't know the mechanics of every boss fight. Nope. Yep. Right? So you will understand going in and yep. you'll learn from it. And then you get the, the sense of accomplishment when you when you mm-hmm. finish it. Mm-hmm. So that's why mm-hmm. Dark Souls is such a popular game. And it kind of like broke its own kind of genre in that yeah, aspect. It yeah, it's true. So that was a fun episode to talk about because mm-hmm. I like talking about games. I like playing games yeah. as well. And next week, mm-hmm. we're going to go into, we're going to talk about the real world a little bit yeah. more. And we're going to ask the question. Are you woke? <laughs> Are you woke? And yeah. we're going to figure out ways mm-hmm. to determine your wokeness, mm. whether it's just knowing things mm-hmm. or just having a sense of yeah. what's going on yeah. or actually having a full understanding of yeah. certain things. What classifies as being woke? Because mm. you can say woke. Yeah. And, you know, I know about this Iran crap that's happening. I don't know all the details. Yeah, exactly. But right. I know it's happening, so yeah. I'm woke. Yeah. I don't know if that's the case. There's a fine line to me between being woke and being a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> that's <laughs> so essence, true. There's a very fine line. <laughs> Maybe we'll play that game, Are You yeah. a Conspiracy Theorist? Exactly. Or Are You, or are you Woke? woke? <laughs> well, until then, 
Let's get this bread. Acquire that grain. Till this week. And have a great week. Uh-huh.